It's time, D-Heads! Disney Blue presents The Diz Radio Show. Every week, Diz Radio lets you relive the magic, movies, and memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic entertainment, newest hits, retrospects, and breaking news on Hollywood's latest. So put on those ears, strap on the proton packs, beware of Lost Boys, jump on a hoverboard, and flip that dial to the Disney Sunday movie. The Diz Radio Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in for another fun-filled, magical, crazy edition here at the Diz Radio Show. Now, for many of you in the Midwest, the East Coast, and all over the place, hopefully you've been surviving the bitter cold weather, the uh, dumps and dumps of snow, and hopefully you are ready to sit back, light up a fire, and just enjoy another edition here at the Diz Radio Show. And we're going to keep you warm, we're going to keep it special, because this week, maybe you're looking to the stars. You're making that wish upon a star. You're looking to the stars to navigate you to something bigger, and better, or maybe you are just trying to avoid the end of all humanity from killer robots coming from the future, because we have none other than Stephanie Gill stopping in here this week for show number 253 for the week of January 19th, 2024. That's right, Stephanie Gill, who you may know from Terminator Dark Fate. She was also in Fatima, the true story about the children who saw Mother Mary, the visions of her, and the all-new musical that came out this last holiday season, Journey to Bethlehem, full-fledged musical production about the story of the nativity. And Stephanie's going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things that she's done so far in her career, these lead roles, fun moments on sets, working with animals, and also the first time she ever met Arnold Schwarzenegger and how that went, and many other things. And we are excited to have this up-and-coming actress who is just, I see, light years and light years of great projects down the pipe for her, stopping in here this week here at the show. Now also, no show would be complete, as I say, every single week. And that's right, we have the D-Team back. We have Dominic, Aaron, Frank, and Jeremy all stopping in with signature segments, keeping it fun, and just letting all of that creativity fly for all of you D-Heads. So there's a lot of fun things on the horizon, and all of you D-Heads may have noticed on our Facebook, our social media, and all over the place, we have definitely shifted gears with a lot of different things going on. So welcome to all you new D-Heads out there. There's so many new D-Heads that have joined the show in the last three weeks, and we welcome you to our family of 14 years. That's right, we welcome you to the family of D-Heads, and I'm getting ready to have a meetup coming up in April. So get ready because there is going to be an official Diz Radio meetup happening in the Chicagoland area in April. So get ready for that. So all of you D-heads, as you can tell, I am excited. I'm ready to make some wishes. I like to look to the stars for that guidance, that fun, that uh, knowing that we're all part of something bigger. So let's officially kick off show number 253 for the week of January 19th, 2024. And let's keep wishing upon that star. Okay, uh, I have a few thousand questions, starting with how did I manage to connect with a star all the way across the sky, and ending with how is any of this possible? Just relax. To all your questions, there's one very simple answer. Which is? Well, think about it. We're no different, you and me. We are all overwhelmed. (laughs) And completely, entirely made of the very same, very special thing, which is hope. Let's just try this another way. Have you ever wondered why you look up at the sky for answers? Or why flowers in the wind are effortless? 
seed. What has them generation lead to you? It's me. And why our eyes all look like microscopic galaxies? Have you ever wondered why you look up at the sky for answers? Well, you don't have to look too hard. We're here for all your question marks. If you're trying to figure out just who you are. and welcome back to another Diz Radio's quote of the week. Now, this week's quote comes from Walt Disney, the namesake of Walt Disney World and creator of Mickey Mouse. He was always sharing motivation and inspiration through his words. Lucky for us, we can still find encouragement from his meaningful quotes and apply them to our lives today. As an entertainer, innovator, entrepreneur, animator, he shared quite a bit of wisdom over the years. Quotes from Walt Disney will encourage you to always chase your dreams and will always have you ready for what life has in store for you. Now this quote comes from the movie Cinderella. No matter how your heart is grieving, if you keep on believing, the dream that you wish will come true. Remember, have a magical week. Listen up, D-heads. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. But don't worry, we got you covered at Diz Radio. Now, back to the show. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back. I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 253 for the week of January 19th, 2024, because we have all kinds of fun things going on here at the show. Some of us got hit with a blanket of snow, cold weather. Some of us did not, but hopefully everybody is now nestled in 
listening in, and enjoying the latest edition here at the Diz Radio Show. So lots of fun things on the horizon. So before I jump into my ramblings here, I do always want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show while I got your attention. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, complete archives, latest news blogs, and so much more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. You can also connect up with us all over social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Diz Radio Show. Again, that's Facebook.com slash The Diz Radio Show. You can also find us on X, Snapchat, TikTok, you name it, we are all over the board, and you can find all these links on our official website at DizRadio.com and find all of our social links there as well, including ways to connect up with us here at the show, drop us an email, comment, questions, guests you want to hear on the show, you can find that email link there as well. And if you want to get the latest show, you want it to come directly to the device of your choosing, all you have to do is go to the podcast app. If you're an Apple user, you can ask your devices to play it, you can download the iHeartRadio app. It is all over the board. Just search Diz Radio, hit subscribe, maybe leave us some feedback. That always helps out the show as well. And get the latest shows as they get released right there to your device. And as I said, everything is on our official website at DizRadio.com. Now for the exciting news. You know, as Diz Radio has been shifting gears here, we've been here for 14 years, we've been shifting gears, shifting formats here lately, there is a lot of new D-heads, D-heads that have been here since day one, and so much more, so... The big news, the good news, coming up at the end of April. Stay tuned to our official Facebook page for all the information. That's facebook.com slash the Diz Radio Show. That is going to be the only place we are going to post it. So we want you to get ready because we are going to have an official Diz Radio meetup coming up at the end of April in the Chicagoland area. So get ready. It's going to be fun. We're going to have some giveaways, meet up. Just chit-chat, have some coffee, a beer, you name it. Just get together and get to know all of our listeners and everybody else. It is going to be a fun way to connect, something we haven't done in probably at least five, six years having an official meetup. So get ready for the details. Follow our page there on Facebook, and we're going to post it there. We're going to mention it, of course, here at the show and many other places, but get ready because we're going to have an official Diz Radio meetup. I am excited for this. I interact with all of you D-heads all the time. Over the last 14 years, you give us ideas for guests to come on the show, things you like about the show, uh, tracks you want to hear, news tidbits, insider industry stuff. You know, it's just you guys always connect up with us, and it's always great to go face-to-face with people as well. So I am excited to just sit down, hang out, have some fun, and you know maybe give away some uh, some great little Diz Radio swag to people. That right there on the spot. Things that you can just have, whether that's pins, t-shirts, maybe some koozies. I don't know. There might be some good stuff. Uh, you know, it's, it's just going to be a way to... Uh, I'm not sure what road we're going to go down yet, but it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a fun time. So get ready for that. So this week, we have a lot of fun things. We're talking about wishing upon a star, looking up at that star leading to the nativity, and also overcoming and saving mankind with, you know, destroying robots coming from the future because we have Stephanie Gill stopping in here this week here at the show. And, you know, with Stephanie Gill stopping in, that brings me to a lot of different things that in my personal life just goes kind of crazy. Like, I love musicals, and Journey to Bethlehem was a fantastic musical. It was something different, unique. It wasn't your typical, here's the nativity story, here's the birth of Jesus. It was it was fun. It was entertaining. It was The music was great. I mean, Antonio Banderas, as King Herod, singing his song about being good to be king, 
is fantastic. If you haven't seen the movie, just even search that track, and you are going to enjoy watching Antonio Banderas sing that track. He, he, seriously, he, he, he brings it to life and does it like nobody else possibly could. And it's a great new way to introduce, you know, if you're a spiritual person, this is a way to really bring something new and fresh for your younger kids or family members to introduce them to the nativity. Now, if you're not a religious person or spiritual, you can really still enjoy this film. Even if you're not into nativity or Jesus or any of that during Christmas season, you would enjoy it just for the quality of music, production, dance numbers, the talent of the crew. It is definitely a fun one. So, you know, you Disney fans out there, you may know Joseph because he was Milo Mayhem, right? So he was also in Disney Zombies. You know, everybody knows him from the Disney Zombies series. And here he is busting out those chops once again, this time playing Joseph. You know, and it, I wish there was something like this when I was a kid, because when I go back and think about some of these movies, they're very dry and long and boring. Now, that also brings me to thinking about Terminator. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate was a... Uh, an attempt to bring back Arnold to the franchise and Linda Hamilton and just make it fresh and new and bring that, you know, bring it full circle once again. And that makes me think about, you know, one of those core memories. I remember being a sophomore in high school, and of course I'm dating myself here, and watching T2, you know, watching Terminator 2 and just blown away by the special effects, the movie itself, and then going to Universal Studios in Florida and watching the T2 ride an attraction. It just blew my mind. I mean, how many of you have those same memories? And it makes me think about when I was at Universal Studios that year. So that year, I mean, you know, sophomore in high school, I, I you know, we're, we're going around and I remember renting a camcorder. Yes, a gigantic camcorder those big i mean big bulky things right the one that you had to like prop on your shoulder i was determined to rent one for our trip and my dad was like fine you're gonna pay for it so i did i paid for this thing and um i think i'm gonna try to upload all these videos because i have hours and hours and hours of videos attractions things that are now defunct at all the parks disney universal sea world bush gardens um but i remember carrying this thing around and carrying it like crazy and i was and i recall being in uh you know the the t2 attraction and they're like no videos no flash photography no you know and they were very big on that you know that was the era when you couldn't record anything everything had to be hush hush you had to go to the park in order to see it and i remember holding it down by my side thinking i was sneaky and you know filming the whole thing and um it, it, it was pretty fun i mean i put my thumb over the red dot that was blinking during the T2 show and recorded the entire thing, the entire thing. And I recently just went back and hooked up the old VCR uh, and, and watched this. And that's what got me thinking about, you know, Terminator again, is looking at these old memories and watching this old video. So not too interesting of a story. I know sometimes I give you something deeper and, and uh, you know, a little more fun and quippy, but it's just, it's one of those things. And, you know, I'm sure many of you have these same memories of T2. I mean, T2 was one of those monumental events uh, in cinema history where you went to go see it. Your friends were talking about it. Everybody talked about T2. Now, many kids had no clue what the first Terminator was. Nobody did. It was, you know, unless you were an adult or a teenager when the original Terminator came out, most kids, T2 was the first Terminator. And that's just the way it was. That sequel was the first Terminator. And it's one of the few times where I feel the sequel outshined the original. 
by light years. And that's not just because of technology. I mean, the story and everything else just really blew it all away. Uh, you know, one of those. So, you know, just a little bit of insight to our guests to build it up here this week, to make it fun, to make it interesting, because, you know, like I said, it, it's a way to bring the nativity to life. It's, you know, coming full circle with Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, you know, I wish I had more fun stories about these. And I could I could go into some more stories about the nativity, um, you know, because there's a lot of things with the nativity. I remember being in a live nativity, uh, you know, when my youngest daughter was born. And because she was born... <laughs> they asked if she could be baby Jesus. So at the time, they're like, do you want to be Joseph? And I remember this because, you know, we're in the church and this happens right after Midnight Mass and then they have the, the live nativity. So you, we all come up in costumes and you sit up in the front and everybody just kind of looks for a minute and, you know, whatever. So, you know, looking back, it, it's like, well, one, Jesus was a girl now. It was my daughter. But I remember going up there with this whole Joseph garb on. And as I'm walking up, I'm carrying my daughter, right? So I'm carrying my daughter, not Mary. I was carrying my daughter at the time, right? So I'm carrying carrying my daughter up the stairs and uh, getting up there by the altar. And the robe, uh, anyone who has met me in person knows I'm not a giant guy. I'm not too short, but I'm not a giant guy either. And the robe is clearly made for a guy that was like 6'1", like clearly. And I remember stepping on it and stepping on it and stepping on it. And the whole time, I'm like, I am going to trip and bust my face on this altar. Like, literally, I'm going to bust my face on this altar. Uh, you know, but I got up the stairs. And as I hit that top stairs, went to raise my leg over that top stair, right? Get my foot on that top one. And that's when it happened. I tripped, started stumbling forward, probably about five steps. So you heard it. It was like, you know, so it's like tumbling forward. Uh, and I'm trying not to drop my daughter at the same time, spun around at the last second, right? Like, this is the kind of moment where you'd expect the audience to be like, ooh, ah, you know, or, or at least in my head, that's what I would think. I spun around at the last second and fell right into the chair where Joseph was supposed to be. Um, it, it, it was a moment. It was a moment, and I would love if somebody had that thing recorded to watch that once again. So a little bit of fun and insight. So all of you D-heads, enough of my rambling here, just... Uh, talking your ear off for the sake of talking, right? Uh, just always fun. But get ready because we have more from the D-Team. You already heard from Frank. We have Aaron stopping in, answering all your questions from your mailbag that you send in every single week. We have Dominic taking a trip into musical scores for some movies and so much more. Maybe movies that are going to scare you. Way off topic, but, you know, he wants to bring it spooky and dark while we're all talking about the light. It's like the yin-yang, right? It's, you know, that good versus evil. He's going to bring that dark side to us here this week. We also have Jeremy who's delving deep into musicals because as i mentioned i enjoy musicals i find them fun and journey to bethlehem was a fantastic musical as well so lots of fun things on the horizon we have stephanie gill stopping in so i'm gonna stop talking so let's press on for show number 253 for the week of january 19th 2024 and the next time you hear me i'll be talking with the young the talented the up-and-comer the one who i see going really really far in this industry Stephanie Gill. Be right back, all VD heads. Your father has always known you are special. Nothing will change that, Mary. Tell Mary we are ready. The music, play! Mary, you're getting married. It's about to be the best day of your life. 
Um, Joseph, I feel like we're already friends, no? God has chosen you to have a son, the king of all kings. This wasn't a dream. An angel came to me. It's hard to have faith. It's hard to believe. Look at the star. The future holds more. This is it. Let's go. There are too many questions, too little time. But divine king is to be born in your land. It's a mountain to ride would I help find a new king in my kingdom? <laughs> Everyone wants my crown! I want the mother found. Don't have to be good! Those men are looking for you. Herod must know of the prophecy. He wants my child. Joseph! I'm not the only one who's chosen for this. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. I think even Fig is beginning to tolerate you. Stop. Stop. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Hope everyone's coming out of their holiday hangovers. To me, it always seems like the holidays take forever to get here, then they're gone in a blink of an eye. Well, you guys have been busy sending in questions, so let's reach into the virtual mailbag and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Drake Schmidt of Pennsylvania, and he writes, Hey there, team. Love the show. I'm a new listener since Randy Heller, go Miyagi-Do, and found your Martin Covey interview in the archives. My question is about martial arts, as you can guess, I love. I remember seeing an old TV show where martial artists competed each week in battles and storylines. It was a Saturday morning show and was live action. I can't find it when I Google it, so maybe I'm not hitting the right keywords. Thoughts? Well, I believe the show you're remembering is WMAC Masters. The show, while featuring real martial arts by trained martial artists, depicted a fantasy setting using a fictional episodic story with each episode relating a life lesson. Battles were fought on elaborate closed sets with a narrator, on-screen scoring and health gauges, giving the show a feel of a cinematic live-action video game. WMAC stands for the fictional World Martial Arts Council, where the best martial artists compete for the ultimate prize, the Dragon Star. The show lasted two seasons from 1995 to 1997. The first season was hosted by Shannon Lee, the daughter of martial artist Bruce Lee. And in season two, Shannon Lee was no longer the host, and the show focused more on fantasy and less on real-life issues. Unfortunately, the show is not currently being syndicated, and only six episodes were ever released on VHS. But there are some good videos on YouTube to relive memories of the show. Well, our next question is from Gregory Tamblin of Texas, and he writes, Aaron, love having Diz Radio back and all over the board format I am enjoying as a lifetime fan of the show. 
My question is about Disney's small one. I watched it for the first time this year, never heard of it before, but I swear I know the kid's voice. Where do I know it from? You rock. Well, this is one of my favorites for the Christmas holiday, and I watch it every year for as long as I can remember. The Small One is a 1978 animated featurette produced by Walt Disney Pictures. A young boy must part with his beloved donkey named Small One. When he takes him into town to sell him, the only person who wants to buy him is the Tanner. When all hope seems lost in finding a kind master, Small One leads his master back to the Tanner shop where he's willing to sacrifice his life. A miracle happens, and he is bought by Joseph to carry Mary to Bethlehem. I love the story of this short film. Encourage all to watch it next holiday season. As far as the voice of the boy, that was the voice of Sean Marshall, who you might remember as Pete from the 1977 film Pete's Dragon. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Send all your questions and comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads, and have a great week. Don't worry, small one. You won't have to carry those heavy sticks anymore. I won't sell you to just anyone. You'll be someone special. Someone who will feed you and brush your coat and take the birds out of your tail. There must be such a man somewhere. We'll find a friendly face to be by your side. Sharing laughter, sharing tears, just like you and I. We'll find a friendly face who's gentle and true, ever smiling, ever sharing all his love with you. Somewhere there's a special friend, somehow we will find him. Envelope to Davis and Kurt. Write down that. I know you're scared. But I'm here to protect you. A Terminator wants her dead. The most lethal Terminator ever created. I'm going to help you protect the girl. If you don't make it, 
Everybody dies! Terminator, Dark Fate. This film is not yet rated. This is Sean Marshall, the original Pete from the original Pete's Dragon, and you're listening to Diz Radio. Lights, camera, action! It's time for this week's Diz Radio special guest. All right, all of you Diz Radio show fans out there, you tuned in for another magical installment here of the Diz Radio show. And with all those nativity stories, inspiring stories, and somebody that has been part of all of these from a variety of different things, from Fatima to the all-new musical Journey to Bethlehem, with the talented Stephanie Giel here with us. Welcome to Diz Radio. Hi, thank you for having me. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, your resume continues to impress. You've been acting for so long, so many different years. Before we get into Fatima, Journey to Bethlehem, and all of that, I guess, you've been acting at such a young age. What made you want to start getting into acting? I mean, I guess, what was this that you are like, you know what, this is what I want to do? Um, It all started with um, theater when I was nine, and I joined a theater company in England, in London, and then I did a show, Alice in Wonderland, and I was Alice, and it was so fun, and I realized that I wanted to do this. (laughs) That's when it started. (laughs) Well, you know, and with that too then, I guess, was it just more of the uh, playing dress up, getting into the characters, telling the stories, I guess, what was it that you're like, this is it, this is is what I want to do? Uh, I feel like just telling stories and getting to be different people and dress up for me was like a big thing and also like transmitting or like helping people like have fun and like enjoy through the screen or theater. It's just such a fulfilling experience for me. I love it. Well, you know, and with that then, you went on to be in a variety of different things. And of course, the ever-touching, ever-inspiring Fatima. And that was your first lead role. So, you know, I I guess, how did you land this role? And how did you prepare for something that was kind of of this epic proportion? Well, I got the job in 2018. And I did a few castings and then callbacks with the director, Marco, and the other actors that played the Shepherds with me. And it was like, honestly, it was a bit, I was quite nervous at the callback because I was like, this is huge. I need to like, you know, and I investigated a lot prior. Um, And then I prepared with the director, Marco. He helped me a lot. And I read a lot about Lucia. And like, since it's a real story, obviously, it's like, you know, uh, you have this pressure of making it and doing it justice um, and telling the story in a way that is real and authentic. Well, and with that too, then I guess, you know, with this authentic story, because it is based on something that is a true historical story that's been passed on and inspiring, I guess, how much did you dig into the true history, you know, of this vision and this story of this young girl? Well, I did investigate a lot. Um, There was actually a book that Lucia wrote, and I did read quite a lot of it. But then Marco told me like how he wanted to make this specific film because I know that I think there was another film that was shot before of the same story, um, like in 19 something. And I talked to Marco about it and he told me, no, don't watch it. Don't like, you know, he was trying to take on, like make it new and, you know, make it a different version in a way, but like still maintaining the same story in a way and he wanted to make like a story about older Lucia recounting the story and then doing like the whole movie in flashbacks to me and the 1917 so it it was really interesting take on it and I I loved the script it's so emotional and touching and I was so happy to be able to tell that well you know and this story is one of you know it's a message of hope and faith and and items like that I guess you know with that your takeaways from that what was it like on the set I mean 
mean, how, how different was it from the set and working with all the other actors? I mean, it's your first lead role, so, you know, you have to be there a lot. So I guess with that, did you learn anything and the camaraderie and, you know, learn stuff from some of the veteran actors? Oh, for sure. For sure. It was so fun. I remember I had a scene, well, I had quite a lot of scenes with Goran Vishnik, and he uh, told me a lot of things about the profession, and he was so fun and, like, really funny in set. And I was really young at that time. I was, like, 12, and I just started, like, you know, this was the first main role, and I was learning so much every day, and everything was so new, you know? And I feel like just being there with everyone helped me a lot and Lucia Manise she was my mom and I think that having a good like good people around you that know how to like support and you know it was just so helpful for me and I learned so so much from everyone it was awesome you're part of all these different films in so many different cultures um I guess with that comes speaking of variety of languages I guess what is it like tackling you know being bilingual learning more things are you just like this uh you you just want to keep learning more and more and just spreading this knowledge of being fluent in, in a number of languages I definitely, like, since I was very young, I started, like, bilingual, obviously. I became bilingual after living in England. Um, but then I also know French. So I I just shot a series in France um, playing Queen of Queen Anne of Austria, and that was really new. And it was just all in French, so it was definitely a challenge. But I, I just love languages in general. And the next one I want to tackle is Italian. So it would be for next year, but... <laughs> I guess yeah. it's it's one language at a time, right? Yeah, of course. Like, let's take it one at a time. You know, but but being fluent in many of these languages, though, that has to open up the the acting realm for you yes. because you can go so all over the world and and really sure. expand. Um, is that something you're excited to do? Yeah, I I'm so excited. I love traveling and getting to learn about different cultures and see different areas of the world it's I'm so passionate about that and getting to you know travel while working is just amazing so what has been the most majestic and beautiful place you've ever like visited you know being on set or just because of all these travels well I think that it was Portugal uh, Tapada de Mafra, um, which is where we shot Fatima, most of the apparition scenes, it was there and it was so beautiful. Every sunset was just oh, gorgeous. And also Budapest, when I shot Terminator, I went to Budapest. It was like a night, but it was also like amazing. And in France, definitely, because I shot in palaces and real like big palaces, Fontainebleau. It was just so, so amazing getting to see a place where people had lived in and that I was portraying through the series. It was so like, wow. And yeah, those are the main places that stood out to me. And you spoke about, you know, being part of, you know, Terminator Dark Fate. And of course, you know, that's one of those, you know, Hollywood blockbusters at the time. You know, what's it like, uh, you know, looking back and, you know, being able to be part of this movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and a variety of different actors that, you know, have become icons over the years? You know, it was a point in my career where I was like, I can't, like, I couldn't believe that I had got the part. I was just so shocked and in, you know, admiration. And I was just so grateful. And I remember um, the first scene I had to shoot for Terminator was the last scene of the movie, I think. And it's with Linda um, Hamilton and with Natalia Reyes. And it was like in a park. And then I remember I was like, wow, this has been so cool. Um, And then James Cameron wrote like, 
two more scenes for me and I had to go to LA and I was like I was in shock because I am such a huge fan of James Cameron and I've seen all the movies so you can imagine me uh like at 12 years old trying to like you know uh believe all of this and I was shooting Fatima at the same time so I had to like you know get the dates right but I ended up going to LA and that's where I met Arnold and um we just like we bumped into each other in the trailer like makeup van and he was so so nice and down to earth I I couldn't believe I was talking to him Uh, I was so nervous I think I told him my age instead of my name when he asked but anyways I was like I can't believe this um and he was just (laughs) telling me about his experiences and he went like he shot some things in Spain and you know he was just so nice and I Linda too I was just so so grateful it's something that I'm keeping in my heart and I'll carry it on forever you know it was part of this Hollywood blockbuster and you know I guess you you spoke about being a fan of James Cameron and things like that I guess what is some of your top favorite movies that you love that inspire you as an actress well I think mainly oh I watched this when I was maybe I was too young to watch Titanic but I cried like a baby it was (laughs) I loved it and also Avatar is in up there et um uh i have a lot of favorite movies i just i can't like i can never pick one you know i'm (laughs) such a huge fan of like movies in general the hunger games as well i was just it i watched it when i was 12 and i loved it um yeah Well, you know, and it's one of those two then. So, you know, with all these movies that you love, have you have you gone back or with your family and do you ever sit back and watch anything you've been part of or are you too self-critical and you're like, I'm not watching it? You know what? I I feel like I um, I judge myself when I watch myself and I, I like watching myself, but, you know, not too much. And I <laughs> saw a movie I was in um, that came out in Spain. It was like a huge comedy that did so well. And I went with my family and I remember that we left the movie and the like the room and everyone looks back at me and like looked at the screen they were like wait (laughs) hold up this girl has has been in the movie and my dad was like making me stop a bit like go slower so they recognize you it was so funny because like you know you could see everyone trying to link it and I just I felt really happy to be honest because it it was a great experience being able to see my work and see all the like energy that I put into it and just see it I, I I love seeing my films it's great well you know and moving on from a variety of those of course you know like i said fatima you know terminator mm-hmm. you know television series you're part of you know salisbury murders and all these but let's get into the the fun new musical that you know i thoroughly yeah. enjoyed and journey to bethlehem how did you get involved with this film and was it something that you felt close to doing that you're like i want to be part of this well um i when i first um knew about journey to bethlehem it was i think it was this year no it was last year november um and i got the casting and i i got the script as well which was great so i could read like what it was about and like you know kind of see the vibes and i did the casting and i got um a callback for it and they told me to sing like a musical song right and i was like whoa this is a musical this is so fun so i i sang a song and they were like oh we want to we want her to be rebecca and i was honestly i was so so excited and it was my first time dancing and singing and acting in one movie so obviously it was like a challenge but we we like filmed all the songs first we pre-recorded it and then we went to film it and i remember that 
we met, I met Fiona and Mariah because we did a meeting with Adam and he wanted to do like a sister bonding kind of afternoon. So we spent a whole day together getting to know each other and it we just like instantly clicked. It was so crazy. Like we felt already like connected and we had so many things in common. It was just like, <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, that definitely helped us <laughs> to act later on screen. And yeah, that's how the project came along. And learning how to, you know, sing, dance, act, and, and you know, it's a full out musical, um, yeah. you know, and, and of course, Mary's Getting Married is, is a fun, catchy tune. Uh, how many takes does it take to do something like that? Well, it takes quite a lot of takes, obviously, because like to record it first, um, you need to get it perfect. And it is a challenge. Um, but when you when you shoot it, it's almost like it comes natural because you spend like so much time rehearsing. We spend like two weeks rehearsing and that definitely helped to get it like quicker. But obviously there's always, you know, going to be things to repeat. But I, I loved it. I, I even had like whenever I went to bed after shooting, I was just dreaming of the song. I was like, Mary, Mary, Mary. And I literally couldn't get it out of my head. Everyone on set was like, ah, it's stuck in my head now. <laughs> Well, you know, and, and with this too, you know, for me, you know, it's a different take of the nativity story being a musical and these upbeat songs. And of course, Mary having sisters, that's something that's completely yeah. new. I mean, what was your, what was your thoughts on that? Like, all right, well, Mary's going to have a sister and um, I, I guess I'm her little sister. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was pleased to do that. I mean, it's a fresh, it's a new take on it. And I feel like, you know, it, it works because if you think about it, they weren't like singing and dancing either. They've added new elements, but still respecting the story. And I feel like it's a really fun way to do it. And obviously her sister supported her. And that scene of Mary's getting married, we were trying to convince her, you know, be happy, bring like good vibes um, in a way. So I feel like it, it was lovely. It was really heartwarming to see that. You know, being part of this and recording everything and listening back, um, being part of a musical, I guess, has it ever dawned on you now thinking like, okay, well, musicals are a big thing, but now when people aren't watching it, you know, they're listening to the soundtrack and they're playing these songs over and over again that you're part of. This is one of those things where 10 years from now, they're going to be listening to that soundtrack. Have you thought about that? I honestly, the other day I sat down and I thought about like the fact that there's playlists and people like listen to it after because I saw a few videos on Instagram of like little kids singing like uh, Good to be King or like <laughs> so many songs. And I was like, this is so cool. Like people are not just watching the movie, but they're also like taking songs from it. And it's just, it's wonderful to see that this will, you know, last. And it is just, honestly, I, I love that. I love songs and I feel like this is such a, such an inspirational thing. Well, you know, and with that too, then, because it is all these songs and that they last. And it, I guess the story itself it was a modern take, but yet it was still very timeless and, you know, in, in that kind of essence. So, you know, aside from any of the songs that you sang and partook in, uh, are there any tracks that you thought were the best that you weren't part of that you're like, okay, this song, this is this is the one to listen to? Well, I, when we were shooting the, the movie, um, I remember that we were driving back in the van from set and uh, Fiona, she was showing us like little extracts of the song Mother to a Savior and King. And I was literally bawling my eyes out. I was like, oh, this is so beautiful. I can't believe it. I, I was hearing tiny bits of it and the melody like, nah, 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 nah. and I was like, oh, this is touching me so much. It's like so uh, I love the song. And also, um, it, the one that um, Joel sings, In My Blood, I love that one so much. Uh, and my cousins, we watched the movie and they were like, that's my favorite song. Um, 
And yeah, uh, probably can we make this work as well? Oh, I love that one. <laughs> now, were you expecting for this movie to have such the reception that it got? I mean, you know, sometimes it's hit or miss sometimes when you go with a nativity story. And I myself was really excited for this new fresh take. Um, I guess, were you just, you know, looking back, I guess, with the holiday season now, were you just like, wow, I didn't realize that this has touched so many people's lives and they are just really drawn to this new vision of this story? You know what? I it feels really, I it feels really nice that uh, people are loving this story as much as you know. It, I was I spent so much like energy and everyone on set. We were just really happy to tell this story, and I think that when I was filming it, I deep down I knew that it was going to be big because it, it's something really different that's never been done before and I just saw the set and I saw I read the script obviously before and the costume and everything just worked it was a perfect harmony and I I was just really happy to be honest and I you know I knew that it was gonna be how it is now but obviously there was also the possibility um of it being you know the opposite but i'm really really grateful that people are liking the movie and you know learning about the story obviously not learning because it's (laughs) timeless but just seeing it in a different way I, I think that was one of my favorite things is the movie started saying based on a true story and at the end it says hey we changed some of it but it's yeah. still good <laughs> of course yeah we had to put it there Now, you know, with this film being part of this, um, you know, I guess now that's, you know, a few different faith based films that you've been in, um, you know, are these films that as long as the story is connecting with you, you're like, I am definitely open to doing something as long as it has that positive message? Yeah, for sure. When I um, because I get opportunities and I'm I'm pretty selective with like what I do and what I don't because you know there's been a lot of instances where I've got like opportunities and I've seen the scripts and I've I've read it and I've been like Ugh, I don't know um I'm not sure about this but mainly because I I try to do things that touch me and inspire me and that I know that I think are gonna you know, make me feel good about it. And especially uh, stories about, you know, young women that that are strong and have, you know, I I have this opportunity for next year, which is a film um, about a young woman that goes through a lot. And it's uh, about an Armenian genocide. And it's super, super strong. And the script is beautiful. And when I read that, I just knew, you know, I have to do this. this is so emotional. And I usually look for stories that touch me, you know? Well, you know, and with that too, then, because, you know, you want them to continue on with these stories where it's touching all yes. the viewers as well. Now with that, you know, because, you know, you're, you're up and coming and you are just, you know, you're already thriving, been doing this for so many different years, <laughs> but there's so many young, uh, you know, actors and actresses that, you know, look up to even where you've come so far. Um, how do you feel, you know, realizing that you're, you're kind of this role model for some of these young girls into, you know, you can choose your destiny and be part of these really inspiring stories too and really make your decisions, you know, wisely. You know, I I just feel so grateful, to be honest. I, I never knew that I would, you know, get to this point and I, I feel like I just want, you know, I, I really like that um, nowadays I can tell these stories and I can help other people and, you know, build confidence and, it's just so beautiful and uh, it, it feels so good, you know. I, I can't describe the feeling, but it's overwhelming. And I'm really happy that people are going to, you know, 
learn and grow as humans. All the different sets you've been on, and of course, Journey to Bethlehem, um, you know, of course, everything is inspirational and fun and things like that. But do any does anything ever happen that's just fun on set or little goofy things or, you know, playing with Fig the donkey or who is there's things where you just take away from it and you're like, man, this was... This was an experience that I'm never going to forget. Yeah, there's there's always things on sets that happen and that are super fun. Um, with Fig, for example, it was so funny because we we had, I mean, you probably already know this, but there were three Figs and uh, we, we took turns and it was just really funny because they did spontaneous stuff and you had to wait, you know, on set for the donkey to be like, and it's really <laughs> fun playing like and working with animals as well because it's this part of like, you know, you're not going to know what's happened literally because they're animals and you don't know what they're going to do. But um, in general, there's always things that happen that make you laugh or like maybe you have a good time and you kind of forget you're working, you know, because it's just such a cool environment to be in. And when I was shooting Fatima, I remember that there was a scene with so many sheep and obviously I was a shepherd, but I'm not a shepherd, obviously, and I don't know what to do with like what to say or what, how to move the sheep. And they were like, oh, just say handiga, handiga, and like tap them a bit with a stick. And I was like, yeah, they're not listening, though. One was pooing, another one was sleeping. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I can't get these sheep to move. So, you know, it was just like we had to improvise. And it was really fun. You know, you never know what was going to (laughs) happen. Well, you know, now now that you're accomplished at singing, dancing on film and everything else, is there anything up and coming? You've already hinted at one project possibly, and I know you can't talk fully about everything all the time, but um, do you have a lot of other projects in the works that, uh, you know, we're going to be able to see your face in and see your wonderful acting chops or maybe another musical? Well, I have this assured project for next year, who will remember, and that is a very big part as well. And it is complete opposite from Journey to Bethlehem, um, but it's a really, it's a really inspirational story as well, a real life story. And then, obviously, the project is coming out next year. It's a series, a limited series uh, about Queen Anne of Austria, and I play that role and I've got some like callbacks hanging there but you know nothing's for sure but I'm obviously just entertaining myself while everything happens and writing and learning well and with that too like you said you like to learn other languages and of course now writing things like that I guess what do you do in in your free time to you know pass that time while you're waiting to to be on the next set well I as I said I really like writing and and reading of course and I'm writing a new idea um, to create a project on like mental health and, and teenagers and I'm, I've got a lot of ideas in my head and I'm just trying to get them down and I take like courses as well um, for writing and learning history of theater you know trying to keep myself <laughs> entertained so I'm not just waiting you know stop waiting for castings or stuff like get life moving definitely well you know it was our pleasure having you stop in and chat with us about all these different projects you're part of of course the newest journey to bethlehem and i guess for anyone listening in um people whose lives you touched or stories that they're they're just passing on like fatima or that you know people are sitting around this holiday season watching journey to bethlehem is there any final words you'd like to leave out there for anybody listening in who's you know really appreciating all the projects you've been part of well first of all thank you so much (laughs) um also just don't you know, don't listen to what people tell you or what people say that you have to do or you can't do. Uh, do what you feel like doing and always trust yourself, trust your instincts and, you know, chase chase for those dreams. Very good words of wisdom there. Well, it was our pleasure, Stephanie, having you stop in, chat with us, all of our listeners out there. And I wish you nothing but the best of 2024. And I know we're going to be seeing a lot more of you, you know, coming up in the next year and upcoming years as well. So thank you again for stopping in. Uh, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. <laughs>
Mary, you're getting married. It's about to be the best day of your life. Scary, cause maybe married means that I am kissing all my dreams goodbye. Divine institution, a holy union, one sure sign that you are blessed. Aura, life sentence of daily dependence, bickering and yes, steering until death. Mary, 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 there's something you do that's very, Direction. Your husband will have eyes for only you. It's so romantic or just traumatic being showered with so many precious jewels. Mary, Mary. long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. Hey, listen! Will you stop this foolishness? What foolishness would you like to see? Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Hey there, D-heads. Alright, so here's your Spider-Pan, Jeremy, and... John asked me to do something with the fact that he's talking to people from a musical film and wanted something musical here. 
Musical film is a film genre in which songs by the characters are interwoven into the narrative, sometimes accompanied by dancing. The songs usually advance the plot or develop the film's characters, but in some cases they serve merely as breaks in the storyline, often as elaborate production numbers. The musical film was a natural development of the stage musical where the emergence of sound film technology. Typically, the biggest difference between a film and stage musical is the use of lavish background scenery and locations that would be impractical in a theater. Musical films characteristically contain elements reminiscent of theater. Performers often treat their song and dance numbers as if a live audience were watching, and in a sense, the viewer becomes the diegetic audience as the performer looks directly into the camera and performs to it. Now, there's been many great musicals through the year. I think the, the, the first one that would come to mind, and probably the first one I ever watched, has got to be The Wizard of Oz, which actually, this year, it's 85 years, and some theaters are actually having some special showings of it. Uh, but that one, of course, uh, one of my favorites, of Singing in the Rain. Oh, my goodness, if you've not seen a Gene Kelly musical, Singing in the Rain, that's the one to see. I mean, Gene Kelly, the guy was just too handsome and too talented to just for the rest of us guys to compete with. So thankfully, I'm not in competition with him at any point in my life. But that guy was impressive and amazing. Uh, there's a long list I found of different musicals, and not all of them are stuff I've seen. But, uh, I mean, going back, remember uh, over in Walt Disney World, on the movie ride, they actually had a little thing about Footlight Parade, all from 1933 with, with a couple other ones. I never have seen that one, but I'm kind of curious what that was like. I mean, that's one of the first and earliest musicals. So, yeah, there's been stuff through the years. I mean, you've had Bing Crosby and some. I mean, goodness sakes. Uh, I've never seen Holiday Inn, but White Christmas, that's become a competition to watch every year. Uh, my wife really loves My Fair Lady. And, of course, you know, Disney has brought its share of musicals, including, of course, Mary Poppins. Uh, I don't know if I've seen the original West Side Story now that I think about it, but I did see a remake of West Side Story with Spielberg at the helm. Sound of Music, of course, is a favorite for a lot of people. Fiddler on the Roof, I remember also when I was very, very young. I didn't really know what the story was, but I really loved the song If I Were a Rich Man and his yibby dibby dibby when I was a kid. He does a funny dance and I'm watching. And of course, you've got the classics like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which we've recently got an update and got a new Wonka film, which is also a great musical. And it's what I more prefer. Uh, I like songs that kind of move the story forward, although I do, don't mind taking a break for just a musical number. That's uh, if, if done right. That can actually add a lot. I mean, that there's there's times like uh, speaking of singing in the rain. So there's times that the song kind of continues the story and sometimes it seems to just take a sidestep, but yet has something to do with the story. Uh, but it's still just wonderful. And, of course, all the great musicals from Disney that are animated throughout the years. I mean, goodness sakes, those are my favorite musicals is the classic Disney animated musicals. Uh, you, you just cannot go wrong with those. And, of course, for live action, you know, my favorite's got to be somewhere between The Wizard of Oz and Mary Poppins. It's definitely one of the two. But it seems like we've got a resurgence of this coming on with uh, there's the Mamma Mia, Great Showman. Uh, La La Land, which La La Land, you know, a lot of people talked up and everything, and I guess I enjoyed watching it, but I didn't like the ending, must say. Muppets are always great at bringing us some musicals. I always, I, I can't think of a Muppet film that was a musical that I didn't enjoy. I actually was watching The Great Muppet Caper just a few weeks ago. That's, I mean, that's like a, a classic one. Uh, but there's just so many great ones and even stuff coming out now. Uh, they've even recently put a uh, Whitney Houston biography out called I Want to Dance with Somebody. Uh, the Elvis movie, I guess, is considered a musical. That's well, it's at least on this list that I'm looking at, and I guess it kind of works. There was a lot of music in it, and but it don't, I don't feel that it necessarily told the story. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of great stuff out there. Even we've got a musical version of The Color Purple that came out, which I kind of want to check out. But I usually don't go in for dramas. But you know what? I think I want to see this just because musicals tend to be a bit more fun. Uh, at least the ones that I enjoy are a bit more on the fun side. I mean, I guess La La Land was. Kind of fun, but it's also a bit more serious. I mean, you occasionally can get more serious stuff 
Uh, I mean, there is stuff that I don't really want to see, like Sweeney Todd. I, you know, that doesn't appeal to me, I gotta say. Uh, but yeah, there's so many different things in the musical theater. We all enjoy it. And I think even in high school, you probably might have worked on a musical, perhaps. I, uh, in my high school, I was in uh, the acting classes, the drama classes, so we were all actors. Most of us actors ended up working behind the scenes of the musicals because the musical, the musicals were filled with the people from the choir. And so we would try to teach them how to act because they could sing great, but they didn't know how to act unless you had the person who was a crossover. And occasionally, yeah, you did have somebody from the drama who actually said, you know what, I can sing. Well, give, me, give me a shot at this part. And we had some of our actors that got in there. But I ended up doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, like pulling the curtain. Uh, I worked up in the uh, the spotlights at one point and everything. So that's kind of musical theater. But, you know, it would be fun to work in, a, like, the old classic 1940s-style musical film. I, it would be fun to have worked on some of that with all the bright colors and all the fun and everything. But, yeah, so musicals have a great, long history of film. And it's nice to see that that tradition is still continued today. But that's all I've got for you for this week. And of course, I'll see you again next week. Do want to remind you, I can be found at NeverlandPodcast.com or if you search at Apple iTunes, wherever you get in your podcast, the Fandom Nexus. I have a really fun show out there that I did this week that a game that I used to enjoy playing uh, is back and it'll be fun for you all to come play. I'm going to have to bug Jonathan and say, hey, man, you need to come play. Hours conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. In my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching. If I only had a brain, I'd unravel any riddle before any individual in trouble or in pain. The thoughts I'd be thinking I could be another Lincoln If I only had a brain Oh, I could tell you why The ocean's near the shore I could think of things I'd never thought before And I'd say and think some more I would not be just a nothing My head all full of stuff And my heart all full of pain And perhaps I deserve you And be even worthy of you If I only had a brain If I only had a brain Kansas anymore. It sounds different. Because for the first time, it's digitally restored and remastered in digital stereo sound. That makes a difference. And on the big screen everywhere. The Wizard of Oz Special Edition. You've never seen Oz like this. Rated G starts Friday, November 6th at a theater. Hi, everybody. This is Joe Regalbuto. You may remember me from such great shows as Fuzzbucket. 
from many years back, Street Hawk and Murphy Brown, other things coming up. You, my friends, are listening to Diz Radio. We appreciate it. So a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about The Birds and other films without music, and I was freestyling about the original Universal Monster movies like Dracula and director James Whale. James Whale did not direct Dracula in 1931. That was Todd Browning. And we will get back to that film in a bit. But this week, I do want to give you six, seven, maybe eight films as homework assignments to celebrate the new Universal Monsters Land currently under construction at Universal's Epic Universe. The first three are by James Whale. The first two are obvious ones, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Just like how Coca-Cola's advertisements created the definitive look for Santa Claus, James Whale's take on the Frankenstein monster and its bride became the template for all other iterations to follow. What I think is the most amazing of his monster films was the movie he did between Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, which is 1933's Invisible Man. The special effects in this film hold up almost a century later. Invisible Man unwraps his head, he convincingly moves around a room through timing and weight of impact as he bumps into things. He rides a bike. It is stunning. Watch this film and the Kevin Bacon version back-to-back and tell me which movie you believe holds up better. For film number four, we are fast-forwarding to 1998, and we'll stay in the late 90s for a bit. This film is Gods and Monsters, where Ian McKellen plays James Whale at the end of his life as he befriends Brendan Fraser, who himself played a whale. It is a fascinating and tragic story that is worth the watch. Film number five, is that where we're at? Film number five comes out of left field and brings us closer to our movie music for the week. It is a 2007 documentary, stay with me, on avant-garde composer. I mean it, just just stay with me right here. Philip Glass. The movie is called Glass, A Portrait of Philip in 12 Parts. For a year, a film crew follows then 70-year-old Philip Glass for 12 months as they document a year in the life and they do a retrospective of the career of one of America's most original music composers. This brings us to why we are here. Film 6, and actually film 6, 7, and 8. The original 1931 Dracula. As stated two shows ago, when film gained synchronized sound for a while, the musical element of movies was dropped. Although music was often played live with a film in the silent film era, at first, music seemed unnecessary when the technology allowed dialogue to be recorded. It's kind of ironic, since the jazz singer and Steamboat Willie are often used as examples of the genesis of the talkies in live action and animation, and those films revolve heavily around their musical elements. The 1931 Dracula falls into the films without a score window. Philip Glass, no stranger to composing horror films like Candyman and Clive Barker's Raising Hell, was approached in the late 90s to score his choice of a Universal Monster classic for their remaster release on DVD. He chose Dracula and scored the film with the same instrumentation that Bernard Herrmann used for Hitchcock's Psycho. He used only orchestral strings. The score is available played by the Kronos Quartet, as well as many other performances since then on strings and piano. If you can find a DVD copy or possibly a digital version of Dracula with extra features, you can see the 1931 classic with and without Philip Glass's late 90s score and decide which one you prefer. But the 1931 Dracula is a gift that keeps on giving, because in the 1930s there was such a large Spanish-speaking U.S. population that it actually made financial sense at the time to release a version of the film in Spanish. This version was shot at the same time, with the same script, as the English version, but with a Spanish cast. The English actors would film during the day, and the Spanish cast and crew would film the same scenes at night. It isn't quite shot for shot. There seems to be fewer camera setups in the Spanish version, possibly because of time. 
thought the Spanish cast had the advantage of seeing the English actors perform first, and they would try to top their performance. There is also less self-censorship in the Spanish version, so that version of Dracula is a little bit more risque. There you have it folks, three films by James Wales, Gods and Monsters, and three different versions of Dracula. All here for you this week in honor of Epic Universe. I do have an official DizRadio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions at dominic at DizRadio.com, that's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at DizRadio.com. I can also be found on Twitter and YouTube by searching WDWPlantoons. And if you're really into 90s syndicated professional wrestling, check out the Saturday Morning Superstars podcast. I'm on there as well. So folks, that is it for this week. Thanks for listening. Hey, D-heads, you're listening to the Diz Radio Show, taking you into a journey of pure imagination through your lifetime of memories. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of the dreams. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Hey there, all of you D-heads. I am back. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was fantastic fun. Looking to the stars, looking to the future, and so much more. And I want to extend a very special thank you to the one, the only, Stephanie Gill for stopping in here this week. I see so much stuff ready for you in 2024, Stephanie. You are already an accomplished actress, and I see so much more coming in the future. And my family loved watching Journey to Bethlehem all this last season, and my kids still really love the soundtrack. So I see a bright, bright future for you coming up in the many, many years to come. Your career is just getting started. I'd also like to thank the D team of Dominic, Aaron, Frank, and Jeremy all stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Without them, as I say every single week, it would be me rambling week in and week out. So remember to connect up with the D team directly through their email addresses that they drop throughout the show, connect up to the website and many other places. And most of all, thank you the D heads, all of you D heads, the D heads that have been with us since day one for the last 14 years. And many of you new D heads who have been contacting us over the last couple of weeks, your new listeners to the show, new followers to our pages, and so much more. Thank all of you. You make Diz Radio exactly what it is. You make it fun, happy, positive, and just a little bit of great memories for you and your family to enjoy. So thank you, the D-Heads. Now, before I close out the show here this week, I do always have to mention all the different ways you can stay connected here at Diz Radio. And first and foremost, you can always go to our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest feeds, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can find us all over social media, whether that's X, Snapchat, TikTok, you name it, including Facebook.com slash The Diz Radio Show. You can follow us there as well with our very active social page and so many others all over social media. You can find all these links on our official website at DizRadio.com once Once again, go there. You can find all these links and ways to connect up with us here at the show right there on the official website. And if you want the latest shows as they get released right to your devices, you can find us all over the podcast app. You can ask your devices to play us. You can download the iHeartRadio app and find us right there. Just search Diz Radio, hit subscribe, and enjoy the show every single week as it gets released. So, D-Heads, that is it for this week. It is fun. We are into 2024. We're getting things rolling here. And next week, we have a very special guest lined up for you. It's somebody that is going to take you a little bit to the past, a little bit to the future, somebody that is going to make you feel like you have a mom, as well as remind you that two heads are always better than one. I'm going to leave it at that. So until next week, all of you D-Heads, as I always say, as I've closed out the show since day one, slow down, take time, 
and never neglect family for business. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. So go out there, make that your resolution for 2024, and make it happen. Until next week, all of you D-heads, have a fantastic, hopefully warm, weekend. Just can't stay inside all day. I gotta get out, give me some of those rays. Everybody's smiling, sunshine day. Everybody's laughing, sunshine day. Everybody seems so happy today. It's a sunshine day. I think I'll go for a walk outside now. The summer sun knows me by name. He's a calling me. Thank you for tuning into the Diz Radio Show. The thoughts and comments expressed are those of the show and do not reflect any company or guest heard on our program. Now go on and relive the magic, fun, excitement, and appreciation from your lifetime of memories. See you real soon.